Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to Eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Dude, uh, I'm not hearing you. I can hear you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, how I about, just realized how that? that. How about that? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can now you I'm hear hearing me? you. Okay. All right. Now I'm hearing you. Good. So we're going to keep this going. That's right. That was just live podcasting, everybody. <laughs> well, recorded for you live for us. That's right. All of a sudden, I heard you muted through my headphones. So I thought, that's going to be hard to carry this guy. Yeah, I was messing with uh, some of the settings. I think I'm I'm getting closer to that volume mix. Uh, yeah. we, you know, we've talked about this before. It's it's slightly problematic turning the gain up where we are because we have so much uh activity yeah yeah the corner office here we've got the the road we've that kind of cars goes we've got yard work girl uh, scouts running girl around. scouts running up and down you know we got uh high school running team yeah there's a lot of running back here there Although, is ironically dude i'm not running that's not true at lunchtime i'm often seen running <laughs> to the car nice. to the car uh but yeah we do have a lot of activity here but dude i I gotta say, I enjoyed last week. I had that quick moment. Yeah, my moment, my fifteen minutes where I introduced the podcast. But I will tell you, Nathan, <laughs> I'm much more relaxed letting That's you right. introduce. That's right. No, and that was. I mean, that was really good. I enjoyed doing that one. You know, I, I said it last week. Say it again this week. That uh, honestly, in order to adequately defend something, you need to be able to. Put your mind yes. and put and get in the headspace of the other person and just say, okay, where are they coming from? And that just gives you a whole nother level of sympathy for the situation yeah. and and how are you going to handle this? Yeah. As I said to you though, Nathan, I I wish the people that I have disagreed with more were like the twenty thirteen yeah. Nathan. Yeah. Um but I, 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 it was a good experience for me. Yeah. Cause I love that you didn't do a caricature. Yeah. Where, you know, that's the laziest form of, yeah, debate or mock debate. You know, just throw some softballs, some, some watermelons right, right down the middle of the plate that I can bust open. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very thoughtful, engaging. I think you captured a lot of the rationale mm-hmm. uh, behind that perspective. And if, you did not hear last week's. I'd highly recommend going back yeah. and picking that up because it was just neat. We we, we have a couple of friends yep. that uh, we could have reached out to that I think would probably be more in the camp you represented mm-hmm. last week, even though it's not the 2023 Nathan Bell. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, dude, I, I thought about that all week. We didn't want to do it. Yeah. At this point, because these issues are so emotionally charged. Yes. And dude, I just enjoy having friends. Yeah. You know, I mean, you want to have good conversations, but sometimes the conversation to have is, hey, why don't we 
talk about something else. Right. Right? Yeah. And and this it seems like this isn't helping us at this point. Yeah. Maybe something has to change in me, in you, in yeah. both. Or may, or maybe time just has time. to pass, right? I mean, yeah. you know, uh, who I was in 2013 is very different than who I am now. And so if I were to have that conversation with you as 2013 Nathan, right? Yeah. If we were to truly go back in time and yeah. that was my mindset, uh, I don't know that I could have done it justice because I was kind of a caricature myself, right? Sure. And so, you know, being able to to look back and say, okay, what are the deeper arguments here and, and what is the rationale behind here without putting the emotion into it is almost, it's almost a better way to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what we should do, dude? We should keep this going at another time. And I could play like the 1988 version of my two years into my faith <laughs> teenage self and I could represent some of my brilliant ideas that like you know the is the the wheel the turning wheel of Ezekiel was a UFO uh, where there's evidence for aliens right in the Old Testament prophets and my famous that I've referenced often sermon uh-huh. that I would give when I was 18 to like 16 year olds yeah, yeah yeah God made you because he was lonely. I mean, he's all by himself in eternity, bored out of his mind. So you became his Just companion. He, he was lonely. Something to spice up life. <laughs> oh Dude, all I need to believe in the grace of God, I, I mean, the scriptures are a pretty good source, right? Yeah, to tell yeah. us that. But the fact that I was not literally fried from a lightning bolt <laughs> right. from above, I think I dropped that on like eight or 10. That was my talk, man. I, I mastered that talk. Uh, uh, maybe it's concerning that nobody that I remember ever challenged it. Well, was anybody was anybody really there to oversee yeah. <laughs> it? I mean, I, I know that that maybe in many it. cases, right? And and this is the problem that churches get into sometimes yeah. is that they kind of put somebody in a position and nobody's overseeing them. And you know what? That is a great point, Nathan. Because who you know, I don't want to name names. I don't even remember, but somebody either. Uh, was not very discerning themselves or gave way, way too much freedom and latitude because I just needed a mature person. Yeah. Hey, Greg, let's talk about that. I think this is what you're trying to say, that God wants a relationship with us. That's good. Scripture talks about that. Let's talk about uh, God being deficient, lonely, weak. He needs us to... To complete something, yeah, it's what I always call the Jerry Maguire theology, right? That yeah. We complete him, yeah, and uh, that's not the case. Um, he was perfectly fine. That's right, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, without me. Uh, so yeah, let's not do that podcast. Yeah, let's not do. Okay, that good, <laughs> good. We'll we'll do this one instead. That's right. That's right. And actually, uh, interestingly, this one that we're going to do, I think, uh, I think is going to transition well into the things that we've been talking about because. Um, today we're going to be talking about the idea of belonging before believing. Yeah. And Greg, this is steeped into things that you have just seen over the years yeah. within your ministry. It's also caused uh, us here at CFC to to change our mission statement, yeah. not not radically, mm-hmm. but 
but radically. Yeah. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. It's it's not a radical change, but but it is a radical change. Yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, um, I legit think I know what you mean. And so, uh, Greg, go ahead and just give us our mission statement as it currently stands, and then we'll we'll go ahead and give the yes. the new iteration of it. Okay. So, oh, you're right. I got you. Um, yeah, our mission statement for some time. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, allergies. At one point, I think I've or at some points I've made this uh, point before that. Every church's mission statement should be some version that some version of the Great Commission, right? Yeah, Matthew yeah. twenty-eight, go in all the world, you know, yeah. preach the gospel. So, you know, the mission statement is so original that it it's lacking what Jesus gave us as our marching orders. Probably not a good place to be, right? So, ours, the way we've expressed it uh, for some time now, several years now, has been to help people experience a growing relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it's a great statement. You yeah. know, I think most people hear that and they think, oh, okay, yeah, we, we want to help people. And notice that really includes those that would consider yep. Jesus their Savior and Lord Yeah, to have that growing relationship. By implication, those that don't have a relationship would start a growing relationship. Sure. So that's where, for a long time, our mission statement, I'd say for, oh, at least the last three, four years, yeah, has stood. Recently, we've been talking about this new tweak. Yeah. I mean, and by definition, the way our current statement is, I, I mean, if you think about the, the concept of a relationship with someone, yeah. regardless of who it is, right, from the moment you are introduced... yes you begin a relationship with them. Exactly. Now, it might not go any further than the introduction, yep. but but you begin a relationship with that person and where it stops can vary along along the path of life. Yep. But there's something that's that's that was missing and deficient that you, that you and the elder team have talked about and said we need clarification on what this is. And so we've added one word yeah. that changes the dynamic of the mission statement. And go ahead and t- tell us what the new one is. That would be the word genuine. <clears throat> so the new formulation, uh, and that's why you said it's not radical, but it kind of is radical, Yeah, is to help people experience a genuine and yeah. growing relationship with Jesus. You could say genuine, comma, growing, Yeah, right? But we wanted the word genuine in there because we are committed to being, and I make no apology for it, Yeah, a belong-before-you-believe church. Yep. What I, we mean by that is the church should be so welcoming, Yeah, and that's a really a goal of ours. We've tried to give that a lot of attention uh, in recent years, largely because it's just what we see in Scripture, yeah. in the life of Jesus— um, people wanted to be around him. Yep. The only people that didn't were the uber religious people right. that did not like what he was bringing, a message of grace and forgiveness and internal transformation rather than playing by these you know rules and codes. Yeah. So the people flocked to him. You know, we see they they were hanging with him at, at parties and Jesus is in the house of Zacchaeus and Matthew and his friends and you know uh, it's one of my favorite titles of Jesus which is not a complimentary uh, complimentary title right uh, compliment with an I I mean 
uh, and that is that his enemies called him, he's a friend of sinners. Yeah. Thank God he is. Yeah. So if that's the um, environment, the characteristic we want to be clearly seen to folks that are outside the church, maybe outside expressing faith in Christ, yep. um, then what should happen is people that come in and start connecting with us relationally, they come to a Sunday service, uh, they come to one of our events, uh, and they mingle with people. To me, this is a, a great sign of health. Man, I, I really enjoyed hanging out with these people. Yeah. Can you believe it? I mean, I picture, uh, not that we'll ever see this, but if we could be a, the proverbial fly on the wall, somebody that goes home and calls their their friend who's not a person of faith either, either and says, you're not going to believe this, man. I hung out with all these like church people, Yeah. and I liked it. Yeah. I loved them. So we've worked really hard, Nathan, in recent years, um, but every good thing has challenges. Sure. So here's what happens. Yeah. In a belong-before-you-believe culture, which we're never going to, by the grace of God, change, because I think it's scriptural, um, people might be converted to Christian community. They might be converted to even Christian music. Yeah. Uh, or Christian kids ministry. Boy, my kids really love it going back there and they come home and tell us about their experiences and the crafts and the stories and the good, you know, conversations they had. Um, they may not be converted to Christ yeah. as Savior. So one of the reasons we wanted to add the word genuine is it forces us, the church, and leaders in the church and those who are serving in any capacity to remember that we may always have people that kind of belong with us that have not yet believed. Yeah. Uh, now that's always been our heart, but we wanted to make that really clear. Yeah. And you know, you, we can talk Nathan, but there, there are several moments in pastoral ministry where it's come up that are almost at times awkward. Yeah. Uh, when I talk to people and I'm like, Oh, I'm not sure. They've been with us for a while. Right. Not sure if they believe. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it's important to be clear that, and we've said it before, but I, I feel like it's one of those things that we just need to keep saying so people truly understand. Yeah. You know, from a teacher perspective, I say something and I have to caveat it to death yes. because I know my students are going to go home and mishear yes. what I just said. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and so what that doesn't mean is that we've watered down the word of God or we've watered down the gospel. Right. What that means is that we've intentionally set up greeters. Right. And what we've done is is our, our morning serve team who who are our greeters and ushers, we place them specifically at the door and we train them because in American culture, it is not natural for us to look up at people yeah. and to greet them with a smile and to ask them how we're doing. We train our our servers how to do that yeah. and what to do. We, we train the larger group of servers. So Joy and I, Joy primarily will serve at the new here place where, where people who are new can get a little bit more information and we can give them a gift and thank them for joining us, for yes. coming in. Because people outside of the church understand that, 
You know, I mean, think about this. You go into any store and you hear you're going to get something for free, you're going to directly go to that store and you're going to be more likely to go back to that store because you see that they valued you. And that's what we're doing. We have a free gift that we want to give to you. And so we want to show people we value you for nothing else than you're, you're here, you're joining us, right? You're, if we're going to put it in Christian terms, you're an image bearer of God. Yep. And so this is a physical demonstration to show you that we as people value you and that by proxy, God also values you. Oh, dude, absolutely. It's it's the first sermon people hear. Yeah. It really is. It, 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 some, I've heard some people, oh, that's kind of a cliche. To me, it, cliche or not, I think it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. or you might even say the parking team. Yeah. In a sense, might get the the first opportunity yes. to make the impression. So that matters. Somebody pulls into the church, and imagine a parking team person just having a bad day. They're frustrated. That can happen. And you know, somebody is um, maybe rolling down the window a little apprehensively. Oh, do I park here? And yeah. imagine if that guy's having a bad day. Oh, yeah. Just go ahead. Just 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 park somewhere in there. You know, in that lot. Yeah. That's the first sermon they got. Yeah. Not that that's happened. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've heard more stories going the other way. Right. You know, when somebody comes in, oh, absolutely. You know, hey, feel free to park here. Some people like to park here, depending on what time they're going to leave church, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's a that's a message they're encountering. Yeah. But what I'm excited about, Nathan, is for the longest time, um, probably, and, and I'm owning this as the, if there's any truth in the founding pastor putting any DNA stamp on the feel of their congregation man for the longest time did you were here in those uh, eras we had this sure. strange phenomena going on at, at our church here at cfc we had everybody you ever talked to individually wonderful yeah kind yeah. warm funny engaging you would talk to our collective personality and we heard this a lot yeah was kind of cold yeah um and people that were new said it, it seems hard to kind of break in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, our greeters might have been the only people making any kind of meaningful contact. And that can sometimes almost backfire because people, oh, well, the, yeah, the person that has to say hello. Right, you. right. That should be a given. You've got greeters and stuff. But for the long time, that's all we had. Yeah. I think our greeters are better, to your point, than they've ever been. Yep. Uh, I just, and again, uh, you know, Tracy, uh, uh, who is our greeting team uh, coordinator, I think does a really good job and models it herself. And, uh, yeah, you and Joy have been at the, uh, new here. I think of uh, Jerry. I, there, there's so many wonderful people uh, that just stay there and talk and engage uh, yeah. folks. Um, but what what's happening, I think, in more recent years, especially coming out of COVID, um, I'm just observing it with 20 years of history I'm seeing more organic conversations. Yeah, we still have our share of introverts. Sure, people that might kind of head for the hills. I get it. That that's yeah. always you know going to be the case. But I've even seen some introverts that are taking pretty huge, giant leaps of faith and talking to people. Yeah, right, and and staying and lingering a little longer. And over time, in the aggregate, that effect on people. Well, I think these people genuine genuinely are glad that I'm here. Yeah. So that's the awesome part. Yeah. And over time, you might have people that come and they're like, you know, I, man, I, I feel like this is a safe place for me to explore my faith. 
or to just connect to some people that are kind to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the challenge there is when a person's been there for a long time, you know, you can assume everybody yeah. that you see every Sunday that you see with some regularity has had a personal encounter with Jesus, a genuine faith experience, which isn't necessarily the case. Yeah. Because everybody's at a different point in the process. Yes. Yeah. I've seen this, dude, in a lot of, through the years, baptism interviews. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say something, dude, that's going to sound weird. Baptism interviews always fill me with a, a, a mixture of excitement. It's one of my favorite things that I get to do. Yep. But a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm wondering, are there some folks that want to get baptized because in their understanding at that time, yes. oh, that's just something I should do here because I've seen church people do it. Yeah. And usually that uh, isn't the case. Yeah. There's more than that. There's a sense of, oh, there's genuine faith. But I will tell you, Nathan, a lot of folks make it a little more challenging for yeah. me because they don't express it in what we would call clean, right. clinical Christianese. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's and that goes to what we had talked about, right? Belong before you believe. Because yes. The the idea I I grew up in a uh, Christian home. Uh, I was I remember I was older when I made a commitment. I can remember when it happened. I was eight years old, so I have the the solid memory yeah. of giving my life to Christ and and all that that entailed. Um, but I have I have a history of learning what it means to be a follower of Christ. Right. And I have years, decades of refining that. So yes. when I'm talking to people, I can articulate that in in many different ways. Right. But the person who who comes in uh well, I'm going to I'm going to turn it over to you because because you had this experience when you were a teenager, right? Uh -huh. So tell us about your experience, because in a, in a sense, you belonged before you believed. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's a great point. I um, I met Matt Smith when we were 14. Yep. Um, my family was not a religious family. We we didn't go to church. I, I, I always say the first church I remember going to Found out later when I was a kid, I did go to a VBS, which I don't really remember when I was like five. Mm -hmm. But the first church I remember going to, I was about 14. And tragically, a kid in my high school uh, was killed in a car accident. Oh. I, I knew him a little bit, but a lot of my friends knew him. Um, and I uh, went to the funeral. Yeah. Uh, we had permission from the school. It was... A, it was uh, we did, they didn't close, yep. uh, but uh, they allowed a number of kids to go, and I went with my friend CJ to the Cathedral of Mary, our Queen, in the city of Baltimore. And when you've not really set foot in a church, and the first church you set is the Cathedral of Mary, right. our Queen, you're like, kapow! Right. This huge, ornate, yeah. elaborate building, you know, and I'm, um, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this is church, you know, and then... Since then, I know, oh, there's all kinds of churches yep. with more muted architecture and formats or warehouses and all these, you know, uh, sorts of buildings we've been in. Um, so I, I, however, 
from 14 to 16, uh, became good friends with Matt and his family. Um, and it was a new experience for me. Yeah. Uh, but of course, I felt very welcomed. I felt very uh, affirmed, very loved, etc. But I had a two-year period there yeah. where I, I had not, and this is why I preach what I did Sunday, which yeah. I don't know if I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, you know, the, uh, the podcast, of course, this month are yes. going to kind of be the what we'd like to say yes. after, uh, or what I'd like to say, or what Matt would like to say. Oh, the things I didn't cover. Yeah. And this would be one of them. The, the genuine encounter with Christ. Yes. That's what it means to become a Christian. Yep. Uh, and Peter, just like Jesus in John 3, uses the term born again mm-hmm. or born anew. Yep. There is a rebirth, which means there is a an actual experiential transformational moment yeah where we cross from death to life yep and but maybe for some people um they're they don't really have any christian friends they hear that message and they they convert they change yeah Yeah. they hear it then they inherit a community hopefully a church and much of evangelism material for years, dude, was designed like that. Yes. But you asking me about my own experience yeah. makes me think, but mine wasn't like that. I had a friendship, a deep friendship with Matt long before I crossed over, and he he accepted me. Yeah. I, I knew he cared about me, and he was a genuine friend. So in that time period, oh, somebody's uh, letting us know they're here. Uh, in that time period, dude, I was a um, interested, spiritually interested person. Yeah, I think because the Lord was working in my life, but I had not come to that point. So that's why we, I, I wanted to preach Sunday what I did. Yeah, that there is a genuine moment. Now that looks different for people. Yes, you remember a definitive moment. Yes, I remember a definitive moment. My wife Lisa does not. Yeah, no, joy does, does not. joy. Does, yeah, yeah, no, so she doesn't. Our wives have that similar story. Yeah, um, well, which we could talk about as well. And someone who who's grown up in the church, and and I find this fascinating, particularly when dealing with uh, my, my my students who are Catholics or friends who are Catholics. There's a lot of religion that sounds like Christianity. Yes. Right. There's a lot of things that that um, our our Catholic friends would say. You know, yes, I'm a Christian. And then when you begin to probe what yeah, that what actually that means mean. yeah. and what that looks like, uh, well, I, and I'll I'll be frank. Like when when talking to my students, probing them sure. on what that means and what that looks like, many of them would still, you know, when you talk about okay, what what does it mean to be a Christian? Oh, you go to church on Sundays. Yes. And. Eh. Nope. Guess again. Yep. Oh, it means being baptized. Eh. Guess again. Yep. All these things, all these steps that would be looked at, and um, it, it would be no, 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 no. That's you know, that's not correct. Yes. And so, as people are are again coming into the church and belonging before they're believing. There's a lot of things that have to be untwisted and unpacked, and and that's where our community groups come in. Absolutely, absolutely, dude. I think that's that's key, and I, I think this is something I'm going to say. I think we, and when I say we, I mean uh, leaders, 
pastors, staff, lay leaders, etc., could could do a better job in. And I want to really own this, and that's helping to equip people to actually talk about their faith and invite people to identify where they are on their journey. Yeah. Um, and again, that's just a great question, an open-ended question that an atheist could answer. An atheist might say, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I'm anywhere. I mean, I've talked to my wife, you know, she's very into this religious stuff. She invited me here. That's cool. Yep. Uh, and that's good. We want to encourage that. But we also want to encourage some people to, um, dude, I'll use the old, uh, expression, right? Not miss heaven by 18 inches. Yeah. Which is typically the, the, the distance on average between a human's brain to their heart. Yep. Right. That, um, and what a great tragedy it would be if we just, well, you know, I'm just going to assume. Right. I see him at my community group. I see her at church occasionally on Sunday. That doesn't mean that person has had a genuine encounter. And uh, the the older model, I'm going to be very probably overgeneralized here. I think of like a really traditional Baptist model. Mm-hmm. And when I say Baptist, I don't necessarily mean a denomination. I just mean a Baptist feel. Yeah. Would be you preach hot and heavy, you get people converted to Jesus first, and then once they tell you, I was lost and now I'm found, right, I right. was in darkness and now I'm in light, um, you can kind of welcome them into the the deeper church environment. We're, we're kind of saying, welcome now, come. Yeah. Come yeah. as you are, come as you are. So one of the challenges that creates for us is sometimes, uh, okay, take our wives. We've often referenced the C.S. Lewis uh, example of, uh, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, but I think it's in his Surprise by Joy where he says, I was like a man awake. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know that experience. It's like a Saturday morning, kind of a lazy weekend day. You don't have to do something at yeah. 7 a.m., and there's times I'm laying there and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm kind of in twilight, in between sleep, right. out of sleep. Then at some point, like, I think I'm going to get up. And I've been up for a while. Have I been up for 20 minutes or an hour? How long have I been laying here? The point is, I'm awake, so at one point I woke up. Yeah. That's how I think of our wives' stories. Yes. Um, and I think one of the things that the older model does a disservice to is kids that grow up in Christian homes yeah. that have been in a Christian family for a long time that don't have a clear line of demarcation. They yeah. don't have a discernible story. I mean, mine is so discernible. Yeah, You know, I grew up in an agnostic home. I met Matt, had a very powerful conversion experience, and I can share that story, and I used to do so with gusto. And if you notice, I don't share it as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, because I want to be sensitive to those like my own wife, right? Who doesn't have that story? Yeah, but she knows I'm trusting in Jesus, not my works, right? For my forgiveness of sins, for my salvation. I know that. Like yeah. you know, we've talked about these things openly. I know that I I want to live for Jesus. I want my life to be aligned with Jesus. And then we help people learn why are you feeling those things because at some point yes you experience this moment 
Yeah. It didn't have the um, the fireworks right. and the light show that ours might have. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just as genuine. Yep. But it also points the pathway for people. Hey, there is a moment of crossing over from death to life. Yes. Have you experienced it? Yeah. That's going to be our challenge. And you know this, dude. Yeah. Matt Smith and I are different on this. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for his complimentary, now with an E, right. um, personality. Matt's going to be much more of a reaper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but come on, yes. let's get him in. That's right. Come on. That's right. Let's get him saved, uh, to use some old verbiage. That's not generally how I roll. Yeah. But I, I can't deny the idea that, yeah, there, there is a sense in which, are there some people right now, dude, in our church community that are like, man, I've been coming for a while. I'm really intrigued. But maybe need that little yeah, extended hand. Extended hand, yeah. I don't want to say a push even. Sure. A, a, a hand of extension. Hey, do you understand what it means to become a Christian? Yeah. That's a genuine relationship with Jesus. Yes. That starts, and then you're, we're going to help you grow. Well, and, and at the end of the day, you know, what you talked about was so uh, poignant because even in, in the instance of your and my conversion, right, yeah. we we still have to look at the, the change that has occurred in our life for the confirmation that we are believers. Well said. Because there's so many people who, who have come to Jesus moments uh, later in life, they have that definitive, but, but they just fizzle out and, and, and die from that. Right. I mean, there's, there was nothing there. I mean, this is Christ's parable about the, the seeds and, and the, the soil. Right. And, and so there are people who hear, hear the word it's there, but nothing ever really takes root on it. Sure. Nothing, or it begins to take root and then it's just, they're choked out by it. Yeah. And so understanding that being able to point to the object of our faith, as we read from Keller last week, rather than our faith itself shows that, that step, that maturity, that understanding of salvation. And you know what? It reminds me of like a, a more mature marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Where it maybe doesn't at you know, hey, we're we're thirty years in, we don't, and every day is not you know sunshine and right. rainbows and and beautiful music. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, just a blah day. Yeah. We're just getting by. We're yeah. paying bills and irritating each other, but forgiving each other as we go. You know, just your typical yeah. daily life. But it's it's real. Yes. And sometimes somebody might help you step aside and help you appreciate that yeah. relationship, and we need to grow. But we also recognize there's a honeymoon period for new converts. I'm glad you mentioned this, since we both have Liberty connections in our family, yeah. Liberty University. And I'm, I'm careful. I, yeah, I'm not sure. at all saying Liberty's a bad sure. school. My wife is a proud graduate. She got her BSN there and uh, was a nurse and put my sorry self through seminary, so... Very thankful. But this is from Lisa. She said um, one of the things that was really difficult for her in her years there um, was uh, not always. There were exceptions, notable exceptions that were really played a big role in helping her in her growth. But she remembers super conferences and a bunch of preachers coming in, and they would tell these great stories, yeah, conversion stories. And, of course, she said, boy, mine's nothing like that, you know, but these... You know, I, hooked on drugs, et cetera. And then 
Yeah, there'd be a big push, a big altar call. Right. And she remembers a very odd doctrine of assurance. Many of these guys would say, you know, if you ever doubt that you're saved, he said, that's what I tell everybody the moment they get saved to write in the back of their Bible. Often there's a dedication right. page at the front of the right. Bible, right? Accept of Jesus and stuff. Because then you just, if it's 30 years old, you look at that and you remember. Dude, I think that's terrible. Yeah. Based on what you just said. Yeah. W look at the present tense moment. Yeah. Ask myself, in this moment, yeah. am I resting yeah. in Jesus for the work I can't do? Yeah. Am I trusting in what he did in this moment? I'm not asking the question of, have I had a good devotion today? Right. Have, am I feeling great spiritual right. surges in my soul? That's not the question. Yeah. There are some very diagnostic, helpful questions yeah. we can ask. Who am I trusting in? Yeah. Where do I think my eternity is secure and why? Yeah. To revisit those things that are just, they're, they're built to last. Yeah. And the other thing, dude, those, think about people like Lisa, Joy, countless people that don't have that dramatic story. Right. They can't point back to anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my own kids, dude, I've seen at different times, I got some really helpful advice from some seasoned people when my kids were small. They said, I mean, a couple of my kids, dude, you know, they, they, they prayed to receive Jesus 20 times right? because at different points yeah. along their path, I don't know which one necessarily took. Right. I just know as they age and we talk, those are the questions about present tense moments. Yeah. Right. About assurance. But I definitely think it's also right to say, Hey, if, if, if you have, if in the present tense you can say I'm trusting in Jesus yes. for the forgiveness of my sins, I'm counting on his work on my behalf for my security and my certainty that I'm going to be in heaven when this life is over, you're answering those questions positively because at some point in the past you did have a genuine crossover point. Yeah, You might have been six years old and don't really fully remember it, but yeah. that was the moment. You might have been 12 years old. And, oh, I kind of remember the mysterious work of God yeah. bringing us from spiritual death to spiritual life. Wow. Well, that, that's that's what I talk to my students about constantly when we when we talk about this idea of of that moment of salvation. And, yeah. and we talk about the idea of, you know, predestination and free will and all of that stuff. You yeah. Know, I said, the light topics. Yeah. You right. Know, the lighthearted uh, topics. For, for an 11th grade theology right. class. Yes. Yes. Um, at the end of the day, time is, is irrelevant mm -hmm. because... For, for us who believe in God uh, divinely choosing mm -hmm. who will and who will not be saved, the reality is I've been saved since the foundation of the world. Uh -huh. Now, a moment in time in history, that became real for me, and I started living it. But but the reality is God had foreordained it since before the foundations of the world, yeah. and it was going to happen. Well, and, and, and dude, I'll just—let me insert this really quick. Anybody— if you're like a Reformed person, an Arminian person, believe some version of yes. that. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Because Scripture tells us right. that he chose. Yes. And that he predestined. Now, people work that out differently. Right. But you have to say, in God's heart, right. 
and then the debate can be, which well, we can get to another time. But you you can't deny it. Yeah. That this wasn't something God in real time just said, oh, yeah, I think I will. Right. There's something deeper than that. Yes. That's what you're getting to. Yeah. Which is an anchor of assurance. Well, in 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 the, the thing going even further with them is it the history of it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. The the future, the what what if I commit the unpardonable sin? Right, what if right. I back so the, that's irrelevant. The question is, and this is this is where I love Paul continuously points to the idea of what are you doing here and now? Yeah. Can you point to your salvation in the here and now? Absolutely. Right. Whether it's it's like you talked about that assurance that yeah. I rely on Christ's work. I mean, let's be real. There are some days where we're not right, where we get muddled, and so then the questions. And this is what I tell my students: Do you do you want to look more like Christ? Right. 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 Is is that going through your That's mind? I'm not where I should be in my in my walk with Christ. Well, guess what? If if you weren't alive in Christ, you wouldn't care. Of course, you know. And so those questions, even those doubts, can be confirmations sure. because those doubts point us to no. The, the The reason why you're doubting, the reason why you have those questions that pop up, yep. is because of what Christ has done. Absolutely. In Luke, the parable of the rich man, right? That has the prosperous land. I'll build bigger barns. Here's yeah. what I will do. I'll store up many goods for many years. I'll eat, drink, and be merry. The man in that parable is not the man, oh, I, w- I wish my life conformed more to Christ. Right. Man, I, am, am I truly... Sick? Like, that's the whole point. Those I love that you made that point, because I think that's a an often missed sign of assurance. Yeah. Where did the desire come from? Right. Why do you... Now, usually it's a frustrated desire, but that's just the Christian experience. That's Galatians 5.17. Yeah. Yeah, the spirit is at war with the flesh. The flesh is at war with the spirit, so that we are kept from doing the things that we please. What are the things that we pleased? I want to be more like Jesus. I want to respond like Jesus. Dude, I think of that even with like Jesus type characters in literature or movies. Yeah. You know, I've talked before, one of my favorite, Atticus Finch, who we should just say is Gregory Peck, because even when I read the book now, I just think of Gregory Peck. Think of him, yeah. But that scene, uh, I think it's in the book and the movie, where, um, oh, who's the the redneck? I think it's Yule is the last name. But he's just the racist, horrible villain, really. Yeah. Um, we are one of the big villains in that story. And uh, I think when Atticus goes to visit the Robinson family, the man he's defending, I think this is when it happens, he and his basically KKK posse, this Yule character, show up. And his kids are there, etc. And the man spits in Atticus's face. You know, and I, I every time I see it, I want the big, strong, tall Gregory Peck to ball up his fist and punch the guy in his face. Yeah. And, and he doesn't. He pulls out a handkerchief, and he just kind of wipes the side of his face and puts it back. And I always think, man, that's... I tell Lisa, and she she laughed we, when we saw it recently. I said, Lisa, I really want to be that guy. Yeah. And she, she said, yeah, I want you to be that guy. <laughs> Notice she didn't say, that's who you are, honey. Right, right. But she says it, you know, well, kindly. Than that. But do that, and the reason is what? That's a Christ-like yes. response. Yeah. He's not fighting fire with fire. 
He's not always me on Twitter. Uh, in other <laughs> words, and he, but but the longing, the yes. desire, like it's genuine. Yeah. That do don't discount that as a, a beautiful whisper yeah. of assurance, because you're right. I didn't care about that before I I had a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I didn't care a boot about that. Yeah. I, who was it? I didn't want to be like him. I wanted to be like myself. Yeah. And uh, or somebody, you know, some actor, some famous person that gets a lot of cool stuff. Um, and then this unique desire to be like him. Yeah. Ooh, it's nothing like it. Yeah. No, that's so good. We uh, we have a few more minutes here, but we are running down huh? on time. So, uh, Greg, any any kind of final thoughts? I you know you mentioned um, To Kill a Mockingbird, Atticus yeah. Finch. You know my my favorite um, from that is Les Miserables. Oh, not yeah. the musical. I can't stand the musical. <laughs> uh, but I won't tell uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, but, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> let. I'll let you avoid well, even, it. Even before that, you had the whole Broadway yes, thing. Yes, um, But I love, love, love the story. And, beautiful. And, you know, that that piece at the very beginning where the police are bringing him back to the priest's house and yeah. he just, you know, he had just stolen uh, yeah. the um, uh, the silverware. Yep. And uh, he says, wait, you forgot the two candlesticks oh, yeah. too. Dude. You know, just, I tear up as you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, dude. Yeah, and the bishop that changed his whole life. Yeah, with grace. Yeah, lavish and grace. And that's what we see, right? In that moment, the the he he's belonging yes. before the belief, and you get to see his transformation and his belief uh, play out, uh, and how that how that moment, how that belonging, just led him yes. to that position. Dude, you know, it's I'm so glad you mentioned. It. I, dude, this is weird. I had a conversation with somebody about this. In the last month, I always forget who. Actually, I remember who, but I better not say. So <laughs> somebody said, because I reference that story from time to time, even when I preach, and said, Greg, the only thing I don't like about that story is the bishop or the priest, whichever that the character is, like he lied. And I'm going to defend it. I don't think he did lie. Yeah. I think he's saying, this is yours. Yes. Dude, look, I'm crying he, again. He, he he basically these are yours to have. They don't belong to me. They belong to God. Yes. And so they are free to give away. To give to away whoever. to you. And take this. Yes. Take that. Yeah. Like I said, that to me is the beauty of it. Yes. This isn't just like, oh, it's kind of a weak analogy that someone's apart. It's this lavish grace yes. that he pours on him. And yeah, to be that person. Yeah. That can extend it. Uh, so that's why I always say, I love, you know, if there's ever a character that um, kind of rises above our our baser instincts yeah. and our tit for tat, I'm going to get you, you do this to me, I'll do that to you, um, you know, doggy dog world mindset, It's that's a Jesus image. That's yeah. what's standing out to us. And, yeah. you know, it's, those, they're, they're human characters. It's never a perfect reflection. Right whether it's the bishop or Atticus Finch, um, and just to encourage a person, is that your It is. Why do you think you have that? Because you probably never cared about it before until you met Jesus. Yeah. And then you're back to the genuine moment. Yeah. You did meet him. Yeah. Oh, but I don't have a cool story like you. Who cares? Yeah. He'll tell you about it later. Yeah. The point is, he's happy to call you. Yeah. His own. Um, and so I would... I, my final thought, dude, besides that is... Um, I hope anybody listening that I've ever done a baptism interview for, because <laughs> this is where, look, I will say the Baptist culture 
has this. They're very good at the conversion yeah. lingo, yeah. right? Yeah. The clearest uh, story I will have uh, in a baptism interview, but it rarely happens, will be, well, you know, Greg, at this point I wasn't believing in Jesus. And then I heard the good news of the gospel, that Christ died for me, that he did what uh, I cannot do for myself. And I was convicted of my sin, and I turned from my sin, and I put my faith and trust in Jesus. Yeah. I rarely get it like that. Yeah. But I think it's because we are growing in a culture of belonging before you're believing. Yes. So not all the verbiage is there, but dude, how many times do we go back to our inaugural podcast yes. of the reboot? Yes. The Thief on the Cross. That wasn't a very clean clinical no. sinner's prayer. Or could you remember me? Right. And Jesus discerned in it the cry of rescue me. Yes. And he did. So I think one of our roles as a church is to help. Yeah, we, we kind of teach some better verbiage. Matt and I are actually talking, dude, eventually about doing a class on how to tell your story. Yeah. Because I think particularly people that, that came to faith in a quieter way, yeah, in a belong-before-you-believe way or in a Christian home way, yeah, often feel like, I don't really have a story to tell. It's like, oh, of course you do. Yeah. And we want to help you tell it. Yeah. Uh, but I also think we need to be good listeners yes. and discern. Yeah, the verbiage might be a little off, right. right? Like I've heard people tell me before, yeah, don't tell me I didn't really have a good a a good father figure growing up. But you know, Greg, like I think I'm Jesus is my father. And my first theological instinct is oh that's not quite right. It's not quite Trinitarian. But then I step back, I take a deep breath and I think, wait a minute, Jesus says if you've seen me, yeah, you've seen the Father. I know what they're saying. Yeah. And in it you can discern the cry of faith. Yeah, and the cry of conversion. Yeah, or the 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 evidence of conversion, and we uh, sometimes you reverse engineer. Yeah, but it's a great ride. Awesome man. Well, good dude. I enjoyed this. Yeah, this was this was great. Looking forward to uh, to next week's as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just got to get that sermon together. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll do it like Sunday morning five a.m. Wait, did I did I say that out loud on this podcast? Right, right. Saturday night five p.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word I shouldn't even say that's a joke sometimes <laughs> We'll see how it goes Well, Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah yes, sir. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11 An unchurchy conversation about everyday faith Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe And review on your favorite podcast platform And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area Please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane And you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.